podcast series, Talking Success, connecting the global fintech community. I'm Stacey Jafta, and today I'll be chatting with Yua Kim, CEO and founder of Mina Technologies. Mina Technologies partner with retail banks to build a new generation of personal financial management products that allow users to effortlessly improve their financial lives. Yua Kim, hi, how's it going? Hi, Stacey. Uh, I'm doing great. Based in Sweden, the sandbox of the world. So things are pretty much what they used to be. How's your day been? Oh, busy. Uh, in a good way. So even though we are in the midst of a pandemic, if I didn't read the news, it's business as usual. That's awesome. Has Mini Technologies not taken much of a hit? Operations, has that changed much? Um, I would say that it, was, it would be naive to say that we have not taken a hit, but there mm-hmm. are two sides of the coins. So we have some uh, opportunities uh, coming out of this pandemic. And of course, we have some processes that have slowed down. But in the end, uh, I think that we are in a plus minus bottom row. So mm-hmm. we're good. What have been some of those pluses or opportunities for MENA Technologies? Well, in general, we do build products that support retail customers to live a healthier financial life. And in times of crisis, having a stable finances is more important than ever. Mm -hmm. Do you want to give a quick elevator pitch on Mina Technologies to help listeners kind of understand the, the premise of this conversation? Uh, sure, why not? So all of the products that Mina Technologies are developing are uh, related to the global trend on the subscription economy, the fact that consumers all around the world are tending to turn to subscriptions instead of buying products. So mm-hmm. a couple of obvious examples would be CDs and DVDs that nobody's buying anymore. Instead, we subscribe to alternative solutions. Mm-hmm. So we are creating software to make it easy for you to keep track of your subscription spending and also save time by helping you get out of them when you need to. That's awesome. Where did the idea come from? Uh, personal experiences. So yeah. six, six years back, I was a student at university and I realized that I had been paying for a subscription for more than six months that I, that I wasn't using. And on a limited student budget, it's kind of annoying to lose money for something you don't use. Yep, been there. Yeah, and the second experience was related to a cancellation. So the process of leaving, for example, your telco contract, in many cases, it's it's a cumbersome process, calling into the customer support line, mm-hmm. take 30 minutes, and they just try to convince you to stay by giving you new offers. So if it were easier to get out, that would have been beneficial as well. That's awesome. You were Kim, I want to hear about your life journey. What led you to building Mina Technologies? Oh, where should we start? Uh, I'm 30 years old. I don't think the first 15 years are of relevance. Uh, so let's start by graduation from high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was back in 2008, and I was really not um, an ace in the class, so to speak. I was pretty okay. tired of high school in general. So I was the guy sitting in the back of the classroom with my cap turned backwards and wa- <laughs> wanting to get out of there. Um, but I actually got the opportunity during my last year of high school to run what is known as Junior Achievement Young Enterprise. So it's mm-hmm. a concept where the last year students get to run a trial company for a full year. Wow. So during high school, I actually imported skateboards from the US and and sold in Sweden. And that was kind of the start of my entrepreneurial spirit that running business can actually be fun. It doesn't need to be gray suits and banking. And here I am in fintech. What happened? (laughs) Uh, So that's where it started. But uh, leaving high school, well, I was not really um, believing in myself. Uh, Running a company at the age of 18 is not really your biggest comfort zone. Uh, Fair enough. Uh, I took the safe route and went back to my to main trade. So I spent four years as a snowboard instructor uh, before actually moving back into the entrepreneurial journey. Fun. Uh, and now we're at the age of 21. And that's when I started my first company. And the past nine years has been in that spirit. Okay, what was your first company you built? 
Uh, so it's actually pretty similar to the experience I okay. had with the subscription. So the first company was based on another experience where I managed to drop my physical hard drive into the floor and it broke. And then I got an offer on a thousand euros to repair this hard drive just to restore my photos. And as a snowboard instructor, you can't pay a thousand euros. Uh, so I actually learned to do it myself, how to restore physical hard drives. And then I started oh, wow. the company doing that for a couple of years. And then all I of the backup it. went into the cloud and I went out of business. But that's another story as well. Within Mina Technologies, your technology is integrated into banking apps. How did you get in front of banks and get them to hear your ideas? Because I know that can be pretty tricky. Uh, well, that's a very fair question. So starting this company six years ago, if you went into a bank in 2013 when we started uh, and you asked to read their data, they will basically mm-hmm. throw you out of a window uh, because <laughs> yeah. banks has the risk and, and data protection in their DNA. Uh, but now we stand here in 2020 and open banking and regulations are very much in favor of exposing data. Uh, so when we started this company in, in the early days, we actually had a B2C proposition where we had a direct consumer app. Mm. Uh, but only a few months after we launched that, we got approached by a few of the biggest banks in the Nordic region that asked oh, wow. us. Wow, you got approached. Indeed, indeed. Wow. Uh, and they asked if they could add our functionality into their mobile banking. Uh, and that was a, a, a big start on a big process to mm-hmm. turn this company from a B2C proposition to a B2B2C, where we provide the product through banking channels. Uh, so as of today, we're a pure B2B company, so we're only selling our management products to, to banks. If somebody has built a product and they would love to go pitch it to banks, do you have any advice for them? <laughs> don't do it. No. <laughs> uh, in 2013, don't do it. In 2020, sure, you should do it. Uh, so a major trend that uh, I experienced over the past year is the mindset has shifted from competition to collaboration. So I think a lot of these banks that are touching now at 100, 150, and 200 years old, they are now realizing mm. that they can't build the next generation of tech by themselves. Yeah. So it's a pretty open door and uh, most importantly, a good mindset towards collaboration now within banking. What do you think is the reason banks came to approach you? What was so special about your product compared to other products or them even having a chance to try create their own? So I would uh, refer to market dynamics to not put too much pride on ourselves. Uh, what happened back in 2015 and 16 was that PSD2, the European regulation for, for data exposure, uh, really came into force, or at least it got drafted. And the banks realized that we will suddenly be subject to competition. So if you have access to banking data, you can actually build very good financial products that will steal market shares from mm-hmm. the banks. So what happened was that the banks kind of open up, opening up their budgets to improve their digital banking experience. So really what we are trying to do is make sure that the incumbent banks can retain their customer by having a good digital offering. That's awesome. When you were initially B2C, what was your customer base? Where do you think that banks even heard about you? Did the product blow up? Was it everywhere? Um, tell me about that experience. So we are a Swedish company. So our first B2B proposition was launched only in Sweden. Uh, but pretty quickly, we surpassed 300,000 users, which is quite significant in a population mm-hmm. of 10 million. Uh, so we're actually the second most adopted B2C fintech application in Sweden. That's impressive. But at the same time, being B2C fintech, it's very hard to capitalize and have a sustainable business model. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you can provide that software to banks uh, on a software license basis, it's a much more sustainable business model. And you don't need to do customer acquisition. You can piggyback on the existing customers of the bank. Yeah. And of course, for the user's perspective, they only need to use one application, which is a great benefit. 
Speaking about working with banks, usually traditional banks have a certain process they need to go through, and it usually takes quite a bit of time to get something new in place compared to, let's say, the timeline of a fintech. What are the challenges or were the challenges with an old school bank working with a software company? Oh, tell me about it. (laughs) We're working with uh, some of the biggest banks in Europe right now. So we're present in, in the Nordics, in the UK and in Benelux. And the security audits and the risk assessments that we have been conducting on behalf of these banks, they are the same audits that IBM or Google would do. So it's very significant security requirements. And of course, that extends the process before you are inside the door. Uh, But on the other hand, if you are inside the bank and let's say that 25% of the bank's customers is using your product, they will not remove it. So it's a very long-term play and a long-term relationship. Can you tell me more about the challenges you faced working with traditional banks and how you overcame them? I've chatted with the innovation team at one of the big banks in South Africa, and we dug into the roadblocks many face when implementing new ideas. That's just the internal team alone. What have you come across in your time? Yeah, indeed. So I think the the first challenge you you will face is, of course, cultural. If you're a Mm -hmm. company of 20 or 50 people trying to sell into an organization that had 10,000 employees and related processes, Uh, you will have a conflict that you want something to hit production in two months and they are looking at two years. Mm -hmm. Uh, So how can you find a good balance where both parties can actually have a mutual learning? Uh, So we had a great benefit of understanding the regulatory landscape and all of the requirements that they actually apply on their own products. And on the other side of the table, the bank learned a lot about how we do technical Mm -hmm. development and how we use for customer-centric design and user testing, market research in general. Uh, And I would say that that's the most important step that the bank needs to take because providing mortgages and consumer credits and and credit cards, that is not enough if you look at the new propositions from the the challengers. You just need to provide a wider range of digital banking and beyond banking products to retain the customer. Do you see banks changing their ways, working with these long processes? Do you think that will change? Yeah, I I experienced it myself. It it really has changed. So in some of our relationships with banks, we've been the first partner that they have integrated. So we've been the the guinea pig creating their process. Wow. And I can see that the same bank that took us two years with their next partnership, it takes one year. Yeah. So they are looking to streamline and I would say that they are succeeding, even if it takes time. That's awesome. What do you think the future trends within the banking space are? Oh, wow. That's a wide question. It is. Um, so on a very generic level, um, I usually refer to the omnichannel experience where I think that me as an end user don't want 10 different applications to manage my finances. So I think there should be one universe that is strong enough to manage all of my financial errands and my financial needs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that would be a trend that you aggregate more functionality into the same application. Just looking at China, you can do everything in WeChat from booking mm-hmm. your dinner to messaging your friends or sending payments. Mm-hmm. You can look at Truecaller in India that have a similar approach. So more functionality, uh, I expect to see. So it goes beyond the classic uh, credit products and cards and such. Mm-hmm. Do you think that banks will start working more closely with software companies or do you think that banks themselves will start creating more of these innovative products themselves? I think it's mandatory to collaborate. So the banks that has a hundred year of legacy, they still have branch offices. They have the 10,000 employees as mentioned. Their cost of operation is simply too high uh, to compete with the new offers. So Mm -hmm. it was, I think it was in 2019 that Google obtained their European banking license through an Estonian license. 
And we can see the likes of Apple with their own credit card and Amazon yeah. also have a card. So if the incumbent banks wants to have a digital race with these big tech companies and these challengers, they will need to collaborate. Yeah, agreed. Awesome. Talking about costs, I know that we were chatting a couple of days ago and money isn't a driving factor for you at Mina Technologies. What drives you? And then going way back, what got you through those early stages when revenue wasn't coming in and you had to cover expenses and pay salaries? You might say that I have a thick, uh, thick forehead uh, or just a <laughs> high level of persistence and perseverance. Um, but, but any startup, especially if you go into fintech and you want to, to collaborate with banks, even if you have a good product and a good proposition, you are looking at those 12, 18, 24 months of sales cycle before you mm-hmm. can actually see revenue from your product. Uh, so how can you stay afloat and be above the surface while money is not coming in? That's, of course, a challenge. Uh, so working, I did two years completely without a salary. Uh, well, wow. since I started this when I was in university, uh, I piggyback back on my student loan. Uh, that's a great tip, by the way. Student okay. loans is great for a salary. Um, and, and from that on, uh, of course, we are venture backed, uh, but we actually took in one of our customers being Swedbank as our first major investor. So they invested 1.6 million euros back in 2017. Wow. Uh, and that was a lifesaver because they also became our first B2B customer so that we ensured our first revenue and we ensured one way to, to land a second and a third customer. Uh, and that would also be a tip I would like to highlight that your first reference case is everything if you would like mm. to work with banks because nobody wants to be the first. All the yeah. risk is, in, is within the first client. Uh, so in our case, we allowed them to be an investor and that motivated them to take the risk. And that was the big door opener for the rest of the financial industry. What kept you going for those two years? So our mission statement is that we want to bring power to the modern consumer. So we always had customer-centric product development processes. So what product are we solving on behalf of the retail customer, meaning the end user? And the fact that we have a mid-layer distribution in the bank is not really affecting our product development. Mm-hmm. So I saw this trend grow, uh, grow year by year, and I actually wrote my bachelor thesis on consumption within the subscription economy. Uh, so I got convinced very early on that subscriptions mm-hmm. will run the payments a few years from now, and they will be a central player for this. So even if I were a few years ahead of this major shift, uh, it kept me going because I saw it coming more day by day. Awesome. Thank you so much, Joachim. I appreciate having you on the podcast. You were a delight. Um, where can listeners find you? Where's the best place to reach you? Um, I'm active on LinkedIn, so feel free to, to go and just search for Mina Technologies and you will find me. Uh, my very Swedish name is Joachim Sjöblom. Uh, otherwise, feel free to, to get in touch by email. So it's at joachim at mina.tech and I'll try to be as active as possible. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thank you, Stacey. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to Talking Success, connecting the global fintech community. Feel free to follow us on Instagram at Talent in the Cloud. And if you're interested in exec talent or you yourself are looking for a new exciting change in your career, check out our website, talentinthecloud.io.